0: Stand with us and sing. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and child. King.
1: Our reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the third chapter. We will read the entire third chapter, all of the 17 verses. You can find that on page 880 in your pew Bibles or if you have a large print, it's in the New Testament, page 7. We will hear the proclamation of John the Baptist. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say, Amen. Amen. I think we can try that one more time. If you're ready to hear the word of the Lord, this is John the Baptist Sunday. Say, "Amen." Amen. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, "The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight." Now John wore "'Clothing of camel's hair and with a leather belt tied around his waist, "'and his food was locust and wild honey. "'And then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him "'and all the region of the Jordan, "'and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, "'confessing their sins. "'But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, "'he said to them, "'You brood of vipers!' who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now the ax is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with the water of repentance. But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by John. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me. But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him and a voice From heaven said, This is my Son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: Over the skies, a Bethlehem appeared a star. While angels sang to lowly shepherds, three wise men seeking truth travel from afar, hoping to find the child from heaven, falling on. For the humble Prince of Peace. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor. to you. The sun cannot, cannot compare, compare to the glory of your love. your love. There is no shadow in your presence. No mortal man would dare to stand before your throne. Before the Through your mercy Lord I come I bring an offering Of worship to my King No one on earth deserves The praises that I sing Jesus may you receive The honor that you're due Oh Lord I bring to my King, no one on earth deserves the praises that I sing.
1: and loving God, we thank you and we praise you on this day. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit as we journey through this season of Advent. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So John baptized people in the Jordan River right around this location where I was able to reaffirm my baptism just about a month and a half ago. And John was baptized people and making sure that they were ready for Jesus. He was washing away their sins and helping them to mentally and spiritually prepare for what God was doing in the world. And since John was respected by many, people came from all over to see him and and to listen to him and to be baptized by him even the pharisees and the sadducees came over to check out what john was doing but the second that those pharisees and those sadducees showed up john shouted repent who you know he's like who do you think you are now i love he loved this part this is my favorite part he goes you brood of vipers <laughs> who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. He was not having it with these Pharisees and these Sadducees who showed up. And then after he chastised the Pharisees and the Sadducees a little bit and called them out, he baptized Jesus. You go from one mood to a completely different mood. But let's talk about why John yelled at those Pharisees. Why was John yelling at these Pharisees? This is before Jesus really began his ministry. So so this is really right at the beginning. So, why was John already so mad at the Pharisees? And I'm going to tell you that the reason why John was so mad at the Pharisees and the reason that he called them a brood of vipers is because they were inauthentic. They cared about themselves more than they cared about worshiping God, yet it was their job to direct people to God. They struggled with their unchecked emotions that we talked about a couple weeks ago in that sermon from Masada. If anybody happened to hear that one, I wasn't actually physically here with you so i'm not sure who here who heard that one but they struggled with their unchecked emotions and that's why john called the pharisees a brood of vipers because he knew that the malice in their hearts was dangerous just like i would be terrified if i saw a brood of vipers he knew that they had such malice in their hearts that it was dangerous Now, I have another airplane story to tell you. I didn't realize I was going to tell you two airplane stories two weeks in a row, but I have another airplane story for you, which is easy because, uh, quite honestly, I've traveled a lot in the last month and a half. And so when I was traveling home from Israel, which is just over a month ago, I was on a 12-hour flight. It's longer on the way home than it is there. I was on a 12-hour flight home to JFK, at least, From Tel Aviv. And I was sitting next to this very, very sweet couple that was probably in their 70s. Super sweet couple. Now, they were smart that they slept for a good the first half of the flight. They got like six hours of sleeping right at the beginning of the flight. They were very smart with that. And I, on the other hand, was up and kind of like up and, and dozing occasionally, but after this couple woke up, after about six hours of sleeping, they started to chat with me. We started to talk. First, I was talking with the husband, and he asked me why I had been in Israel, and I told him that I'm a pastor and that my mother's a pastor as well, and, and that we went to Israel as a part of my mother's sabbatical, and we took one of my brothers with me, and, and he thought that that was all wonderful, he wanted to hear all about, you know, where, about who I was, where my ministry was and then he told me that he and his wife met in Israel many many years ago he is from New Jersey but his wife is actually from Holland and they had met there many many years earlier and so they actually have an apartment in Jerusalem so at least once a year they can go back to Jerusalem and they can be in Jerusalem and spend time there where it's a very important place for them as Jewish people but also it's the the place where they met and so they enjoy going back there Uh, at least once a year and so we had a wonderful conversation just that that normal chit chat kind of getting to know you chit chat none of us were in a rush because we still had a solid six hours of flying left to go and so we were just sitting there chit chatting and then eventually he asked me if I had a chance to go to the Holocaust Museum while I was in Jerusalem and I told him I said you know I didn't have time this time because I was doing all of the historical sites and I was in a really tight schedule I said but I have been to the Holocaust museum in dc multiple times and i've even taken a youth group there before not this one but another one and so i said i didn't have a chance to go to the one in jerusalem but i but i had been there before and then he told me this story he told me the story about his family his family was originally from poland but then in the 1930s his grandfather was watching what was going on in the 1930s and his grandfather was seeing Hitler come up and rise up into power. And his grandfather realized that in Poland, his children probably wouldn't be safe. And he was a father of seven children. And thankfully, he had some financial means. And, and he, I liked how the man said he had the wherewithal. He, he could tell what was happening. And so this grandfather in Poland, he, what he did was he was able to get seven fake passports for his children. And then one by one, he sent his children over to a relative that lived in America. One by one, he sent his children off to safety. One by one, he sent his children off knowing that he might never get to see his children again, but he was willing to do anything, spend every ounce of money that he had in order to keep his children safe. And so this grandfather sent all seven children off to a relative that, that lived in America. And that's why all seven of those children were able to survive. That's why all seven of those children were able to grow and to have a fruitful life. I realized as I was listening to this man, and, and I was just, I was covered in goosebumps as he was telling me the story. And I had tears welling up in my eyes because I realized that the only reason that this man was sitting there next to me on that plane is because his grandfather, Grandfather was able to send his father and his father's siblings off to safety, and I was so deeply moved. I was so moved in that moment that I didn't even think to ask if his grandparents were able to escape Poland. I didn't even think to ask if his grandparents were able to make it to safety. We had such a beautiful conversation. I don't even know how long our conversation went on, but but then his wife, who, who has this, this sweet accent because she's originally from Holland, his wife started to tell me about one of the things that they love to do when they're in Jerusalem, and that they host these Seder meals with these Christian pastors that come over from the United States and from Europe, and they host these Jewish Seder meals where these pastors get to come and experience a real Seder in Jerusalem, and how it's such a holy moment for all of them, and how they all learn. How to love and accept one another and how she's like next time that you come to israel they knew i was going to come back next time she said next time that you come back to israel you need to do that and i said well the next time i come it's going to be in a few years when my kids are are both teenagers and i'm definitely coming with my children and my husband so they can experience all of this and we had such wonderful conversations i told them about how my little brother who's the other brother who was with me but his twin how my other little brother how i just got to officiate his wedding in May and how his bride is Jewish and so how he got to do a Jewish Christian wedding with just me officiating to the best of our abilities and they thought that that was absolutely wonderful. And we had so many wonderful conversations. And, and then as we had these conversations, we started talking about how important is that, that it is that we all love and respect one another. We started to talk about how every terrible thing that happens in this world comes from some form of hatred. Every terrible thing that happens in this world comes from some sort of malice or hatred but that we, in whatever way we worship God, we have to choose to love one another, whether we're talking about the Holocaust or they were asking about the shooting in Buffalo since they're from New Jersey or Ukraine or we talked a little bit about Israel and Palestine. No matter what, all of us agreed that the way that we can get to peace, if, if we think about our candle that we lit today, the way that we can get to peace is through love. Now, I tell you all of this because, honestly, it's just one of the stories that came to my mind, but then we have anti-Semitism in the news again. And I think it's really important, especially as, as we hear about John calling out the Pharisees. He wasn't calling out everybody. He was calling out the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they had malice in their heart. They were not being authentic. They had those unchecked emotions. You can go and check out that sermon from Masada if you want to hear more about that. But they had those unchecked emotions that they hadn't dealt with. And, and so, you know, that's, that's all why this had come up. But I tell you, that's because anti-Semitism is again in the news. And it breaks my heart. I don't know about you guys but whenever I hear about something like that it just absolutely breaks my heart and I'm thinking that the same way that John confronted the Pharisees with their inauthenticity and their unchecked emotions we need to be willing to confront any form of anti-semitism or racism. Or whatever ism there is out there. We as followers of Jesus need to be maybe not quite as vocal as John. But we still need to be willing to confront people who are displaying whatever ism it is. Maybe we don't need to go around shouting, you (laughs) Broto-Vipers! But maybe we need to do it a little bit. Maybe we need to help people get to the root of whatever it is. Because if we want to follow Jesus, if we really want to follow Jesus if we want to learn how to walk in his path, if we want to be able to go into this river and be baptized and to feel the power of the Holy Spirit, if we want to truly be Jesus' followers, then we need to learn how to respond to everything, even every ounce of hate with love, and we need to help other people how to choose love and peace and hope and peace and joy and love and Christ all over any fort of hatred. I don't know if you guys remember, but I had shared this quote a little while ago after the Buffalo shooting, but when Reverend Tracy Blackman, who's one of, our, uh, one of our national staff ministers, when she was here in Buffalo, she had preached a sermon, and she said that we need to love the hell out of this place. Whenever there's anything bad that happens, we need to love the hell out of this place. And this is what we should be uh, doing on this second Sunday of Advent and on this entire season of Advent. We should love the hell out of this place until every ism is a thing of the past. We should love the hell out of this place until Christ returns. We should love the hell out of this place so that when Christ does return, he will find us awake and ready following his way and his path. And remember what we talked about last week. We talked about how we need to be awake and we need to be ready. So we should love the hell out of this place until there's no more hate left in this world. And isn't that the point of Advent after all? To love the hell out of this place. To make a journey to peace until all of us can see ourselves as brothers and sisters. Until all of us can see each other as beloved siblings of God. Children of God. Beloved faithful people. Isn't that the point of Advent? To be awake and ready and to usher in God's realm of peace. And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to have a safe place to worship. We thank you and we praise you for allowing us to worship you and to turn to you and to feel your presence. And Lord, we know that there is hatred in this world. We know that it exists. We know that so many people have unchecked emotions that they have not dealt with. We know that so many people are causing harm in this world. So let us respond with love. Let us not be afraid to be a little bit like John the Baptist sometimes. Let us not be afraid to follow Jesus, no matter what it means. And Lord, we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, and together we say, Amen. Please join us in our tithes and offerings. us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Come, you who are weary and restless. Come, all who hunger and thirst. We are ready. Creating God, source of all our being and all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord. We join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We gratefully recall and remember, Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ rising from the tomb by the power of God. It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, is died. Christ is risen. Christ will come, come again consecrate therefore by your holy spirit these gifts of bread and wine bless us that as we receive them we may offer you our faith and our praise we may be united with christ and with one another and we may be strengthened by the holy spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world and let us pray the prayer that jesus taught us saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen through the broken bread we participate in the body of christ through the cup of blessing we participate in the newness of life. Come, for all things are now ready. We do communion here via intinction, so you will take the wafer and you will dip it into the cup. If you need a gluten-free wafer, we have those as well. Just let us know as you come forward.
0: The table in your presence where, where the, the weary are restored where the Holy, sweet communion, fill our hearts and and make us. table i yeah. Savior, to your table now we come.
1: All together, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. Strengthen us in faith, increase our love for one another, and let us show the world your. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the in unity Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, we pray.
0: Amen. Angels, we have heard on high singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply echo back their joyous strings.
1: With the blessing of God, go forth with the love of Christ and peace in your heart. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.